The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. Well, welcome to the GCBC Podcast, a podcast by Gold Country Baptist Church for Gold Country Baptist Church, where we discuss with our leaders and members of the church the how and why of ministry in the life of our church. We pray this will encourage our spiritual growth for the glory of God. I'm your host, Corey Freeman, and on today's episode, I'm with Kevin Freeman, who is one of our deacons, and he's most notably the youth director for our church. So, Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been coming to the church, and kind of how the Lord led you to where you are right now as the youth director. We meet at last. Yay, about time. (laughs) It's about time. I've been coming to Gold Country Baptist Church since I was born. It was funny because I was talking with one of our past church secretaries, administrators, and she pulled up the bulletin announcing our my baby shower. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And I grew up in the church. And just even how the Lord even grew our church from where it was when I was younger to even now, it's it's changed tremendously. And you could see how we've grown. But as I grew up in the church, having more of a desire, but I think there were some key pivotal people in my life that brought me to ultimately to where I am now. They were all just stepping stones along the way. Notably, it was the, the guys in youth ministry that we worked with, like Glenn Kane in the past and dad, Mark Freeman, for those who don't know. Um, and then Pastor Dale, Don Myers, Tim Plaxton, all these guys who, who were there, had an influence, and ultimately seeing the change in growth and a desire for ministry more in junior high which is about the time that I was actually saved, I believe. Grew up in the church, ultimately said the sinner's prayer when I was a little kid in Sparky's back when we had Awana and thought, okay, I'm good to go. I got my get out of hell free card. I'm fine. Not realizing until later in junior high when I heard a message at at camp about the importance of repentance and the need for repentance. And that is truly what is a, it's a hallmark of a, of a saved person. And realizing, wow, I've never actually repented of my sins, not realizing that I have ever, not realizing that I've I committed an offense to the Lord, ultimately. That my sin is an offense to him, and it's punishable by death. Repenting, and ultimately learning to repent for the first time, I think, because I just remember that time in my life vividly, in that moment in history of my life. And from that point on, nothing's really been the same. And I've been able to see growth, spiritual growth from that point on. My desires changed. My interests have changed. Where everything started to evolve around church, where my ministries, everything, my, my life, my social life started to evolve around ministries and the church. So then fast forward through high school, got the opportunity to go on a missions trip which was another uh, Awana program that we used to have in the past. And from that point on, uh, set a trajectory toward for my life of a desire for ministry, whether it be missions, whether it be full-time vocational ministry or layman ministry. It didn't matter to me. I just wanted to be doing ministry no matter what. So I was a pretty excited Christian at that point. Fast forward a couple years through high school with the influence of high school leaders and my dad being the high school director at the time. I then go right into college where I did a degree in biblical studies and theology, preparing myself ultimately to go to seminary and then ultimately into vocational ministry. That's what I thought the Lord had for me, and that's what I wanted to do. So I started pursuing that. Graduated Biola where I met my wife, Holly. Moved back to Northern California, got a job with the intention of still going to doing seminary. And what the Lord taught me in that time, especially when I was 
already had two little kids at the time, realizing that while I was trying to do seminary and a full-time job, that I was neglecting my ministry at home. And it was showing to where it was a wake-up call for me to make some drastic decisions. So ultimately, I went, you know what? This is not the season for me to be going into seminary, into grad school, and pursuing this, this idea of vocational ministry. So pulled out of that, pulled out of a generally doing ministry in general, and focused on my home for the next year or two. And seeing the blessings that came out of that ultimately, and the encouragement that came out of that, and the relationship with my wife growing closer. And then ultimately, we start stepping back into ministry slowly. Always had a, 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 while I always gravitated toward youth ministry, I did children's ministry for time, junior high ministry, but stuck around for high school, and that's where I've been landed ever since. And I think it's just a great time because you have young students who are now exploring adulthood for the first time, and the parents are starting to quote-unquote, let the leash out a little bit more and allowing them to take more choices. And you see parents balancing that act of just telling them what to do versus giving them counsel and just making sure that they make good decisions throughout that time, biblical decisions. But being able to be a tool that the parents can use in our church to help guide their children spiritually to walk with the Lord. So that's been my passion. That's been my desire since I've been doing youth ministry now for, well, I, I know, at least over 10 years. And then other ministries off and on throughout those years. But since I've been married back here at Gold Country Baptist, it's been about 15 years since, yeah, since I graduated college and been working in the church. All right. Well, thank you for that. You served in, you said you served in youth ministry for 10 years, but that wasn't just being the youth director. That was just being also a leader or whatever they needed for that time. So it wasn't until, I don't know, how many years have you been the actual youth director? It's just been, I think I'm finishing up my fifth year right now. Five years, okay. And you took the place of J.P. Balmay. Can you kind of tell us a, a summary for like the parents out there who might be wondering, what are you trying to teach the kids in general from the ages 14 to 18, give or take? What are you wanting them to take away from the high school program? Well, I'm... Certainly not here to entertain the students. Anyone can do that. A lot of youth groups do that. <clears throat> That's my biggest problem with many of the churches, youth group ministries that are out there that you just see mainstream evangelicalism is they're there to entertain the kids. I'm not say it's a waste of time. It's just not beneficial. What's the purpose of it? And so it sounds like your question is hitting more on the philosophy of our youth ministry. And the good news is we have a document that's actually up on our website. And you'll probably link to it somewhere here down the future. If I can find it, yes. yes. It will be. I will put it on there. While, while I'm talking, actually, if you want to just have a brief summary of what Kevin's ministry is all about, you can go to gcb.church forward slash disciple, and you can find just a brief summary of what their purpose is and how to register and what they're teaching. So anyway. Yeah, so... You're asking the why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? That's the question we always need to ask ourselves. Why do we do what we do? The ultimate, the answer is to glorify God, right? But how do we go about doing that? What are what are the means by which we go glorifying God in a youth ministry environment? So in our ministry, we have three primary biblical purposes to help answer that why for youth ministry. And the first one's exaltation. Second is edification. And third is evangelism, where exaltation aims upward to God, edification aims inward to believers, and evangelism aims outward to a lost world. 
So if we can grasp those and flesh those out, train those up and cultivate those foundations into our students and they in turn run with that, I think we've set up these students for being engaged, contributing members to whatever local church they go to, whether they stay here at Gold Country Baptist or whether they go on to another local body. So and that and that tends to be the history of our of our church and our youth ministry. Not everyone leaves, but we have we do have many that stay and continue to do their education here and get jobs here and are still connected with our church today. But there also is a decent amount that go move off to college and have jobs and they find spouses or wherever else down the road and are all across the country at this point. But my goal and ultimately what I'm trying to say is cultivating young churchmen and young church women to be contributing active members in whatever church that they're they happen to be a part of okay yeah that's um that's a lot different than a lot of youth ministries out there especially mainstream ones it seems to be in a lot of mainstream youth ministries especially in big mega churches you name whichever one you want to there's a lot more fun around it and i know that you also have fun with the youth um, guys as well and girls you're not just there and you know heavy doctrine it's not like charles spurgeon's college you know where we're all sent down talking about heavy doctrine so there is an aspect if if i'm saying this right there is fun also in the youth ministry as well yeah yeah our youth ministry it's a it's a youth group it's not church and i don't want youth ministry ever to think of it as re- a replacement of church because their primary focus as a believer is to be at the local body and worshiping with the local body. I guess you could sum it up in my purpose statement for youth ministry, and that is this. The purpose of our youth ministry is to have all students come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, first and foremost. But then I'm coming alongside parents to cultivate a lifelong commitment of love for Christ and for one another in their community. That's the goal we're trying to accomplish here. And we do that with, and you have to build camaraderie, you have fellowship. So you're one of the things we do that's a distinctive, at least of our youth ministries, we have dinner every Sunday, every single Sunday, a full-blown dinner, because we're there from five o'clock till 8.30 during the fall and spring semesters. That's a long time where we're spending a solid hour in, in with a little bit of music and then also in lesson. So a good 45 minutes of just lesson time. And then we turn around right after that and go into a half hour time where the girls go off to their own group and the guys come off to another group and we spend time in prayer and discussion questions. So they're they're getting a lot of discipling, uh, education, studying of the scriptures. But ultimately, we're just trying to build disciples and show them what that actually looks like. And they're starting to, I think, starting to come to grasp with that and what that looks like. And that way we can tee them up for whether it's our young adults group or uh, the church as a whole of having a mindset of how do I make disciples? How do I continue to be discipled outside of just a normally formalized scheduled program? And there's one thing that you mentioned, I kind of maybe want you to talk about a little more because it is important. We have a lot of not so much maybe in our church, like who we know, but just culturally, a lot of parents will send kids to youth group to change them. And they think, oh, let me just give my kids to the youth pastor. And you mentioned always coming alongside parents. Kind of explain why that's important, because ultimately you're not their dad. You're not there to ultimately be their ultimate authority. Obviously, Christ is. But their parents play a key role in this, and we want to address that. So how do you go about emphasizing and making sure maybe if you've dealt with new parents that I'm just here to help you. Yeah, I'm here. I'm an 
I'm an augment to whatever teaching you're doing within your home. That's the important thing. And I, and I tell parents that, saying, I'm just here to come alongside you and what you're doing. Now, are all of the parents perfect at doing this? No. Am I a perfect parent? No. No one's claiming that. However, are we striving for that? Are, we, are parents actively engaged in the discipleship and in the teaching and the instruction of their children? Question mark. Is that even happening? Sadly, we see, in, in, at least culturally and across evangelicalism as a whole, and even to extend our church where you may come alongside someone who's in high school and they're like, my kid's doing this, X, Y, Z, it's a problem, can you help? And it's and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, if if we could have discussed this 10 years ago before they were in youth group, that would have been helpful. So my encouragement is to young parents, like start now so we don't have potentially those problems as we come down the road. And that's just generally speaking, obviously. I'm not saying if you do these things, then your child will be a, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. We don't get that promise in scripture as parents. But we, but what we do, what we are required to do is bring them up in the instruction and admonition of the Lord. We're to continually do these things and leave the results up to the Lord. But we need to be faithful in doing that. And so as a youth a director with other leaders coming alongside them, we're trying to be faithful to what those parents are trying to do. And if the, their kids are not getting it, at least they're getting it once a week. So it's... If you feel like you're not doing well as a parent, then you should talk to one of the elders. Talk to someone you trust in the church who's raised kids and seen them go off and talk with them. Ask them how they raise their kids. Ask them what ways can you do those things. And those things start when your kids are little. Don't wait until they're older. And then um, one more final thing. We still have actually plenty of time. As far as leaders are concerned, who are you getting for as leaders? Because it's obviously not just you that's teaching and leading all these kids you actually have a couple leaders too so from a parent's perspective are these leaders qualified two of the three couples are either a deacon or an elder in the youth ministry so but in in fair point fair point and that is and that is a criticism i've seen from parents who are concerned about the growth of their children and are training them discipling them in the home and that could be a criticism of youth ministry as a whole culturally going well i don't want to send my kid to youth group that you got you got just got the guy who was the most popular running the program and you just get the coolest kid to go up there in front and play guitar and he's somehow a worship leader now i get that what i try to look for are people that are desiring to grow and are taking the steps necessary to become disciple that are walking out this discipleship model themselves ultimately you do have a base knowledge set to be able to instruct the these youth uh, students answer their basic questions they may have. But I'm also looking for people that are, that are coupled up. So I'm looking for married couples too. Not saying that I'm against it and, and like not having someone of uh, having someone single or not, but I've gravitated to you married couples because I want them also to see a model of what a good biblical marriage looks like and be able to see what a good godly relationship looks like. You're, you're certainly going to, you're going to cultivate friendships with the students. But at the same time, I'm also your teacher. I'm also your instructor. I'm also one who's coming alongside to lead you and guide you. And so are all these leaders. Um, it's, yeah, we're not trying to, I don't know, I guess best described, we're not trying to stay quote unquote culturally relevant other than the facts that scripture is the most relevant thing in culture today and it's not being addressed enough. So that's where we try to, focus our energies instead of trying to follow the trends and and whatever is the latest trend on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. 
let's just stick with scripture and go with that. And fair point, if anyone is interested in youth ministry, if they, or maybe they can talk to you, but no, yes, come talk to me. <laughs> and, you know, you may not be a leader right away because ministry, I mean, we can get into that discussion later about what is ministry, but usually you always need help either around the kitchen or you might be short on leaders one year, whatever the case may be. If you guys are interested in that, go feel free to talk to Kevin. You may not be put in right away in the ministry, but there might be an opportunity where next year Kevin could come talk to you and say, hey, I remember you guys being interested in that. Would you still want to do that? So if you're ever interested in that, feel free to talk to Kevin. He's always open to talk to you on Sunday. or So whether you're single or married it really doesn't matter that's an important point actually to address kevin's not saying that if you're single you can't work in the youth ministry because i worked in the youth ministry as a single person for three four years so don't feel discouraged when kevin says he primarily has married people that's he's not saying that because you're single you can't work in the youth ministry so that's an important point to address there Feel free to text him if you have his number. I'm not going to give his number out, obviously, on this podcast. I think it's actually on the website, but... Oh, okay. Well, I was trying to be discreet on that. Nah, it's That's too fine. late. Too late. That's fine. Well, we're just round, we're wrapping up here. Um, I just want to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which is on the link that I uh, gave you all. And it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This has been the GCBC Podcast. We'll see you next time.